Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and thank you so much for joining me on my daily teaching podcast, Grace to Your World. You know, the more we understand God's grace, the more do we find ourselves empowered to change our world and to live the overcoming life. Now, with that being said, let's get into today's message and grow in our walk with Jesus together. And we're going to look at some scriptures also that people look at and they say, well, well, Alex, but what about this verse? What is this worth saying? I, I want us to really take some time over the next few weeks and look at some scriptures and, and really remember it's about rightly dividing the Word of God. It's rightly dividing the Word of God. Uh, in fact, okay, I just feel in my spirit that we, we ought to go there. Look, look, at, look at real quick, we're already in Hebrews chapter 10. Go down to Hebrews chapter 10, verse, verse 26. I, I, gotta, I gotta get to this today. Look at Hebrews 10, 26, because this is a verse, guys, that freaks a lot of believers out. Hebrews 10, 26. And, and in Hebrews 10, 26 is, is what has a lot of people being unsure and being shaky in their relationship with God. Because look what it says, Hebrews 10, 26. He says this, <laughs> he says, For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. How many have heard that verse before? You see, if you sin willfully, he says, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Now, there's a lot of people who look at this and they say, well, 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 well Brother Alex, this, this doesn't look like like God is, is, is just going to ignore our sin. He says if we sin willfully after we, we get saved, there's no more uh, uh, sacrifice for, for, for sins. And so people are like, well, well, what is a willful sin? You see, you're trying to figure out, you know, you sin and you're like, well, was that a willful sin or, or was it an accidental sin? Guys, I want you to understand, first of all, that every sin is willful. You see, every sin is willful. There's no such thing as an accidental sin. You see, when you walked into that grocery store and you slapped that old lady, uh, that was not accidental. That was you uh, doing it on purpose. That's, that was you wanting to do that. It was like, whoops, oops, I slapped you. I didn't, didn't mean to do that. No, you see, every sin is willful. I don't know where that came from, guys. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we're not slapping old ladies or anything like that here, okay? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> but every sin is willful. You see, sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes it feels like your emotions kind of took over. But you see, I really want you to understand that if you dig deep enough, you see, every sin is willful. That the reason that a person sins is because you wanted to sin. The reason you cussed a person out in traffic is because in the moment you did it, it felt good to do that. It's like, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind and it feels good to do it right now. You see? And so it's, it's willful. And so every sin is willful. And so what is he talking about here? You see, you got to look at this in, in, in the context of, of the entire book of Hebrews. And you got to understand that what, what, what Hebrews is about, he's just spent 10 chapters talking to these Hebrew Christians who were on the verge of going back to the law, who were on the verge of going back to animal sacrifices. He was just uh, uh, describing to them in great detail uh, how Jesus is the perfect and final sacrifice for our sins. In fact, if you look at verse uh, 10, in the same chapter, he says uh, in verse 10, by the which will we are sanctified by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. 
uh, verse 14 says, By one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. And guys, perfected forever means eternal redemption. It means eternal forgiveness. It means eternal salvation. Okay? Now, how can you have eternal salvation and then if you sin willfully, lose it? You see, if, if you can lose your salvation, guys, it's not eternal. Is it? Someone says, well, Alex, do you believe once saved, always saved? Well, guys, uh, the very definition of eternal is eternal. Is a, if you are saved, if you, if you have eternal life, you can't lose eternal life. If you could lose eternal life, it would no longer be eternal. Is a, and, so, and so if a person is truly born again, there's no way that you can sin your salvation away there's no you see god uh, said i will never leave you nor forsake you guys and and guys may i remind you god is true to his word you see god cannot lie when god speaks something glory to god you may bet it will come to pass when god speaks something you can be sure that he will be faithful to his word you see and so what is this verse talking about here well you got to ask yourself then in context if we sin willfully, he's talking to these Hebrews here. And so what is the willful sin he's talking about? It's a specific sin that he's referring to in context. And the, the specific sin that he is uh, referring to is the sin. What is he talking about, guys? He said, Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. Jesus is the final sacrifice for our sins. That's what this entire... Uh, book of Hebrews is about and so the willful sin in verse 26 is it's not you you know cussing it's not you uh, doing stuff you're not supposed to do that's not what it is you know the willful sin in Hebrews 10 26 is to reject Jesus as the final sacrifice for sins and go back to the animal sacrificial system of the law. And so what he's saying is, if we sin willfully, in other words, if we willfully reject Jesus as the final sacrifice for sins, look at what he says, after we've received the knowledge of the truth. And guys, they were just receiving the knowledge of the truth for the past 10 chapters here in the book of Hebrews. And so he just described to them the truth of Jesus. And now, if, if, if you receive the truth of the knowledge of, of, uh, of Jesus, of who he is and what he's done, and a person willfully rejects that, he says, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, meaning that the animal sacrificial system is no longer going to do you any good. You see, uh, you see, they were on the verge of going back to the animal sacrificial system, you see, but they had knowledge of the truth. They knew who Jesus was. They knew what Jesus had done. And so with that knowledge, to go back to animal sacrifices, guys, that's not going to do you any, any good, you see. You see, that blood of animals is going to do nothing. Why? Because that was just a type and shadow and Jesus had come into the world. The reality had come into the world. And they knew about Jesus. They knew about who he was and his sacrifice. Now to reject that and to say, well, we're going to go back to this animal sacrificial system because this has always worked for us and, and we just want to put our confidence and our trust in that. Well, what he's saying is those animal sacrifices will not do you any good. And guys, there's a lot of strange interpretations of this verse when really all he's saying is, if you reject the knowledge of the truth of Jesus as the final sacrifice, and you're going to go back to the animal sacrificial system, there remaineth no more sacrifices for sins. Why? Because Jesus was the final sacrifice 
for sins. You see, this is why we're not sacrificing animals, guys. I want you to know here at Grace World, we don't have a secret room where we sacrifice animals. You know, we don't have any uh, rituals going on uh, throughout the week or, or, or throughout the year where we kind of take some animals and we sacrifice them just to make sure that we're in right standing with God. You see, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins as in animal sacrifices, you see. And so this is not a verse that is to make you question your right standing with God. You see, glory to God. And so I wanted you to see that. You guys catching this, right? And so I just wanted you to see that. Uh, the Lord put that in my spirit just to, to show that to you. Now, now let's go back up here to Hebrews chapter 10, verses uh, 22 and 23. And, um, and we'll look at this some more. Verses 22 and uh, 23. Glory be to God. In fact, what I want to... Thank you, Lord. Let's go to Romans chapter 5 first. Let's look at Romans 5, 1 and 2, and then Hebrews chapter 10. Romans chapter 5. Praise God. Amen. We are flowing with the Spirit. Amen. So I want you to see in Romans 5, remember, it is by grace through faith. By grace through faith. And let me uh, go ahead and close this window a bit here. I don't know what that is out there, but let's close the window, amen? Uh, by grace through faith. Now, I want you to see this in Romans chapter 5, and, uh, and I think this is really going to bless you. Uh, he says here in verse 1, watch this now. He says, therefore, being justified by faith. Now, justified means to be declared righteous. Justified means to have right standing with God, and he says, it is by faith. It has nothing to do with your performance. He says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see? Peace with God. You got to know that that's, that's where you're at. You see? And again, that peace is not based on your performance. That peace is based on what Jesus has done for you. Now look at verse 2. He says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and we rejoice, glory to God, in hope of the glory of God. Now, a couple of things here. Notice the word also. He says, by whom also, and so this is in addition to you being justified by faith, you having right standing with God by faith. He says, in addition now, you have access by faith into the grace in which you already stand. Glory to God. Now, now remember, a grace, the definition of grace is, is the unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor of God. You see, grace is, is God having already made available to you anything and everything that you will ever need. And he says that now you access this grace by faith. Now, what grace has made available is your identity. You see, grace has made available to you. Your identity is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How do you lay hold of it? By faith. Grace has made available to you healing for your physical body. I want you to see. How do you lay hold of that healing? By faith, you see. 
Grace has made prosperity available. How do you lay hold of that prosperity by faith? And watch what he says. This is where we are to live as believers, he says, and we rejoice, glory to God, in hope of the glory of God. Now, rejoicing in hope, the biblical definition of hope is earnest expectation, is confident expectation of good. And I want you to know the glory of God here is referring to the manifestation of God's goodness in your life. It's referring to the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. The glory that this is talking about is exceeding glory. It is new covenant glory. It is the glory of God showing up as your life. You see, I want you to understand the glory of God showing up in your life shows up when, when, when your healing shows up. You see, the glory of God manifesting in your life shows up when your prosperity shows up, when your, when your deliverance uh, manifests. You see, I want you to see, once again, friends, that in this new covenant, God is not manifesting His glory separate and apart from His children. Oh, makadakeshko. No, you see, each and every one of you have been called, glory to God, to be an instrument of His glory. You see, to be a vessel of His glory, to be a channel of His goodness. And, and, and what that means is uh, uh, you being a channel for the goodness of God is that the goodness of God is showing up in your life. Why? So that you can be an instrument through which other people can be blessed. You see, the prosperity of God is showing up in your life so you can be an instrument through which that prosperity can reach some other people you see and so we as believers are to live in this earnest expectation of seeing God's goodness in our lives now look at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22 Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22 because now the one thing that's going to prevent a person from laying hold of this is when you go every single time and you're like well but what about my performance? But what about where I missed it? You see, sin consciousness is blocking a lot of believers from operating in the fullness of what Jesus has made available to us. But watch what he says here in Hebrews 10.22. Watch this now. He says, he says, let us draw near. Let us draw near with a true heart, and watch this, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Your, your heart has been sprinkled from that sin conscience, that sin consciousness. And he says, our bodies washed with pure waters. Now look at verse 23. He says, and let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. You see, the word profession can also be translated confession. Confession. And so what he's saying is that what you ought to be doing is, is hold fast to the confession of your faith. You see, what you ought to be confessing as a believer is, 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 is not your sin. You know, where you go around and you think every time you sin, you got to now, now confess those sins to, to get them under the blood. No, guys, that's not biblical. You see, what we ought to be doing as believers is, glory to God, we ought to be confessing our faith. You see, when we confess the word, once again, this is faith. When we confess the word, we're not confessing the word to try to get God to do it. No, when we confess the word, 
Look at what this verse is saying. We're confessing the word. Go back to verse 22. We're confessing the word so that our hearts can be sprinkled from an evil conscience. We're confessing the word so that we can get the word of grace established in our hearts. We're confessing our identity in Christ so we can get our identity in, uh, in Christ established in our hearts. You see, he says, we draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience having our hearts cleansed from, from sin consciousness. Look at this in the uh, Amplified. Amplified, verse 22. I love this, guys. He says here in verse 22, he says, Let us all come forward and draw near. Take note of drawing near. You see, you draw near to God. I want you to understand with, with this unshakable confidence. And again, guys, this is you drawing near to God. I want you to know, you could be in the deepest ditch, man. Somebody could be watching me. You're struggling with addictions. You, uh, you, 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 you made some, some bad choices. You, you, you did some stuff you weren't supposed to do, man. And, and I want you to understand, God wants you to draw near to him with this uh, complete confidence and assurance, you see. Because when you draw near to him, what you're going to receive is not condemnation. What you're going to receive is not punishment. No, what you're going to receive is His grace and His mercy. And so he says, let us all come forward and draw near with true, honest, and sincere hearts. And look at this, in unqualified assurance. Unqualified assurance. Why is it unqualified assurance? Well, it's unqualified because you did nothing to, to work for it, you see. Remember, faith is trusting in the finished works of Jesus, not in your performance. And so, and so it's not qualified assurance because it would be, you know, here's qualified assurance. It's when you feel good and confident that God is going to show up in your life because you performed right. That would be qualified assurance, guys. But you see, he says, draw near with unqualified assurance. And so in other words, I did nothing. To, to, to qualify, to, to have this confidence that God is going is gonna, is gonna to do something in my life. You see, this unqualified assurance is unshakable confidence in the finished works of Jesus Christ. Your confidence. You see, this is, this is uh, you see, this is not self-righteousness. This is Christ-righteousness. You see, my confidence comes because I know that Jesus is my righteousness, you see. And that gives me boldness before God. He says, unqualified assurance, an absolute conviction engendered by faith. And look how he describes faith here in the Amplified. He says, faith is that leaning of the entire human personality on God, an absolute trust and confidence, watch this, in his power, in his wisdom, and in his goodness. Now, his, word, his, his power here is talking about his ability. His wisdom here is talking about you trusting in the wisdom of God, you trusting that God, you see, you, sometimes we, we think things got to work out in a certain way. You see, you trusting in the wisdom of God means you're, you're not clinging to, to how you think things ought to be. No, you're trusting that God in his perfect wisdom will bring his promises to pass in your life in the perfect timing, in the perfect way. And, and, and you trust in that, you see. You trust in his wisdom. 
and he says you trust in his goodness in other words you know that God's got some good plans for you you see and so your confidence is in his power his wisdom and his goodness and watch this having our hearts sprinkled and purified from a guilty evil conscience and our bodies cleansed with pure water now what is it that's sprinkling your heart it's the blood of Jesus guys you see here's what happens glory be to God yeah thank you sir you see when, 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 when you believe right where the blood of Jesus is concerned you're gonna be delivered from sin consciousness when you believe that Jesus shed his blood to make you righteous there's something that happens on the inside of you as a result you can't make this happen it just happens because you believe right when you believe that he's cleansed you from 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 an evil conscience when you believe right where the blood of Jesus is concerned then you're gonna experience that freedom from sin consciousness and that's what he's talking about here it's right believing look at verse 23 in the Amplified he says so let us cease and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope that we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it for he who promised is reliable sure and faithful to his word and so the pattern of grace guys is confidence in God unshakable confidence in God and remember unshakable confidence in God means my mistakes aren't able to to mess up my confidence in the finished works of Jesus you see I have that unshakable confidence that boldness that I approach God with regardless of how many times I may have missed it you see here's what Satan would love to do Satan would love to have believers be unsure about their salvation you see because if you're so busy trying to make sure whether or not you're really saved well then how are you ever gonna walk in God's purposes for your life you see you see in order for you to fulfill the assignment that God has for you and guys I want you to know no matter who you are God's got an assignment for you God's got a calling on your life God has, has something that he wants you to do He's already equipped you for that calling. He's already put what you need on the inside of you. It's in your spirit. But you see, if you don't have this confidence, if you think that when you make a mistake, you could lose your salvation, well then, you're so busy trying to stay saved that how you're ever gonna, gonna operate in, in, in the calling that God has for you. And so this takes us back to the question I was asking in the beginning should your life as a believer be all about making sure you know resisting sin keeping track of sin is, is your life as a believer is sin the primary issue in the life of a believer guys I'm gonna tell you very boldly it's not 
Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubit. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue growing in our understanding of God's grace. Now to learn more about our ministry and to download the full-length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, simply head to graceworldonline.org forward slash give. And I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life. And I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.